This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Tonight we're learning um, Lili Nishmas Fega Bas Pinchas or Fega Bas Brindle. Um, the Pup- the Pupa Rebbe granddaughter who passed away this morning. One of my students. Um, very big tragedy, very big loss. She should be a Melisiasha for Klai's role. Klai's role needs a lot of help. A lot of help! We can't just sit back and let things happen anymore. I spoke about this four years ago, and if you listen to that tape, it's, uh, at that time it was, maybe people thought it was fantasy, but now it's very big a reality, and we have to do something, and put our heads together, and our money's together, and we gotta do something. Anyway, it's Elul. Elul's a little different than every other month in the year. Elul, we have to take the first step. Elul stands for Anilidaydi, that I am to Hashem, I am to my loved one, my loved one is to me, and Elul Hashem waits for us to take our step towards Him. And then He takes care of rest. But we have to take that step towards Him tonight. And for the next couple of weeks, so Rosh Hashanah, we're going to be learning Hilchas Tshuva. Because all you hear about, we bowl the shofar, and you should do tshuva. And everyone should do tshuva. What, what does that mean? I'm sorry, is that enough? Admitting it, is that, is that enough? Um, if tshuva is based on not doing it again, then all our tshuvas of all the other Yom Kippers are worthless. Because pretty much 95 or 99 or 100% of the stuff we said we wouldn't do, we did. So, if truth is based on never doing what you promised not to do again, we're in big trouble. And every single year, we say the same achets. So, like, why would the rabbis have written all these achets to say every single year if supposedly you're not you're not going to do it again? So, but you, you're saying the achet and knowing that next year you're going to say it again. So, what is that? What is what is truth and how do you do truth and how does it work? And being that's ill. I think that's the time to really start talking about it. But before we go to Chuva, which we're going to do, I hope to finish the whole Hilchus Chuva by the Ram, by the Rambam. Uh, I hope I'm going to try. Um, I want to talk about the word uh, Anila Daidi, Rabbi Freifeld said an unbelievable vart. Anila Daidi Daidi, which is Makabal Ol Shemayim, being Makabal the Old Shemayim, which is what is the ultimate Makabal Ol Shemayim? Everyone says it every day, right? What's high when Kriyashma? Kriyashma is the Deoraisa in Tfilah. Machlaik is that Tfilah, the Rabbanon, Deoraisa, right? But everyone agrees that saying Kriyashma is a Deoraisa. So the Deoraisa, the mitzvah from the Torah, um, in our prayers every day, is Kriyashma. Kriyashma is the prayer of, uh, of being Makabel Ol Machushimai, which means accepting the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. Now, yoke sounds like a very, um, not a good word, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yoke, yoke is something you put on a, an ox to connect it to the plow, to control it, to pull the plow. Or the yoke of an animal, maybe when you're riding, connecting a chariot to a horse, right? So you have to put the yoke and then the things all connect and everything connects into the chariot or the wagon or whatever it is. So it sounds like we're an animal. I would have a yoke and like the Jew is bent down like, you know, walking. No. So Firefly explains that. What does the yoke do? The yoke connects the animal to the plow. Right? It connects the animal to pull the plow to whatever it's doing on the, on the, whatever it's doing on the, uh, on the land, right? Harvesting or planting, whatever it is. So, Mechabal Ol Malchus Shemayim means being Mechabal, the yoke to connect the wagon to the horses, or to connect us to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. That's what the yoke represents. It's a connection between the two of us. He says something, Reverend Freifeld, I just found some of his old tapes, he says something that is absolutely mind-boggling. And it's very important in everybody's life, whether you're married, or in any relationship that you're in. If you're a student, Whatever relationship, and it's so true. He says, 
if Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad is Mekabal Omach Hashemayim, which means connecting to Hashem, what's the first word in connection? Shema. Stop talking and start listening. It is so true. Ask any wife. Like, she'll tell you. He never listens. Well, I have some Talmidim. They're just talking the whole time and they don't give you a chance to tell them for them to be makabel or makashemayim. Because you cannot hear me if you're talking. You can't do both things at one time. If you're talking to me, then you can't hear me talking to you. So you gotta shut up and be quiet and shema and listen. So the first relation with God is stop talking. Start listening. And Rabbi Freifold says, if you listen, then you'll hear Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Then you'll hear that God is one. If you, if you listen, and, and he was saying, he spoke beautiful. Um, I wish I could just play the tape here. He was saying that when you, I have to tell you a story with a girl, it's a, a true story. That when you, when you stop talking, and you start listening, and you begin to listen to yourself, and you're beginning to hear, beginning to hear who you are and what you are and what your possibilities are, right? And you stop being busy showing off to everyone and talking something I talk about the internet all the time. Talking, 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 talking. If you have quiet, then you can start to think about who you are and what you are and where you're going and all that stuff, and, and you can grow. And the first part in a relationship, he says, the first relationship that a person has is with who? Yourself. So you have to start listening to you, to who you are. There's a girl that, that that I'm dealing with, who, whatever, left the fold, ended up in a in a cult, and uh, ended up in this homopathic. She was like the youngest girl there. Everyone's like there for 50 years already. They're old ladies and old guys and like weirdos and whatever they are. And um, she got very caught up in this spiritual, you know. So she's like the young girl in this in this joint, in this place. Anyway, so they're very into meditation. It, it happens to be godless. So she went to a very special place, like an ashram, wherever it is. For 10 days, you cannot talk. So it's not a one-day Tainas Dibur. 10, not only... You cannot talk for 10 days. You cannot make eye contact with any other person that's at that program for those 10 days. There is no eye contact. You know, if someone walks in the room, you have to look the other way. There is no connection to anything but yourself. And she said, most people can't do it. Most people drop out. She said, three days in, Three, it's, to me, it's fascinating. Three days in, okay, they meditated like 14 hours a day. You sat in a chair, and you sat in a chair for 14 hours. And you didn't move, and you didn't make eye contact, and you didn't talk. You just listened, okay? And she said that after three days, she could hear, she told me, she could hear the blood running through her veins. Can you understand how silent a person has to be to be able to hear their own blood running through their veins? And of course, all the stuff that she went through in her life and everything and internalizing and just going through it and shma, just not hearing any, there's no outside noise, they're in absolute silence. There's no outside noise whatsoever. And you can do this in darkness, and she did it for 10 days. And she's very homopathic, you know. No, 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 no animals, no milk, no eggs, no, no, whatever it is. And, you know, we're trying to bring her back to Frumkite, but very connected to, for the first time in her life, to who she is. Now, I'm not telling you to do that because we're the opposite. We're a much and I explained this to her and, and we're bringing her back we are much greater than that why are we much greater than that because 
Hashem says, I want you to connect to me by connecting through my world, not disconnecting. In other words, the monks in the Himalayas, their religion is they cannot get married. They fast all the time. And you might think, wow, that makes them very holy. And the answer is no. Hashem didn't put a human being on this world to fast. If he did that, then he would allow you to be like a camel and eat once a week or once every two weeks or once every three weeks or be like a beer and hibernate for nine months. The, the, the reason we as human beings, which is the two-legged creature that has a brain that thinks that talks, that's a medaber, is because Hashem wants you to talk or you wouldn't be a medaber. And, and he, he wants you to be able to take an apple and connect that to Hashem. He wants you to be able to be married to a woman and connect that to Hashem. To cut everything away to be connected is much easier, much easier than to have things and be connected. It's sort of, it's sort of like the Torah doesn't talk about or cosmos. It just says the word orchasm. The whole test of Avram Avinu, right, where he went to this, where they shot him into this huge furnace, and, and Nimrod said to him, give me one more chance. You have to remember who he was. He was Avram's father, Terach, was Nimrod's number one avoidizara man. So, so they gave him a chance. And Avram said no, and they shot him from a catapult that was so far away from the furnace, because every time they tried to get to the furnace, the guys who were bringing Avram Avinu burnt. So they shot him, he brings down in the Mamloyas, that they shot him from a catapult, right? So, and, and he landed in the fire and he sat there with Malachim and nothing burnt him and he sat there and then Haran jumped and he, he died right away. So the Torah doesn't tell us the whole story. How do we know the story? The Chumash, you see nothing, not a word. From Avinu went into a kitchen of Aish. I mean, that's like, that's crazy. That's like a story that, you know, we should be talking about. He's willing to give up his life for God. He didn't even know God, really. God didn't talk to him until he was 75 years old. So, like, he searched for Hashem on his own. It wasn't like he went to Yeshiva and he had a Rebbe or there was some kind of, you know, went to Eshat Torah. There was nothing there. He, he, he asked questions. And that's why I always, you know, the, the people who are scared of me coming to the schools to speak, because very often when you come, you know, you invite questions and then the kids start asking questions and they're from kids and it's not good for them to ask questions and I had this principal who said to me, you know, I would love to invite you to come to my school but, you, you know, you, you talk about the whys and the, and the don'ts and the do's and, and where and who and all that and, you know, we don't really do that and it's going to open their minds and then they're going to ask the questions but you won't be around, they're going to ask the wrong people the questions so we don't let you talk, we're not going to let you talk. So I said to this person, I said, so you feel that questions in the from world, it's very dangerous. It's absolutely, I'm like, you teach Rashi? Every second Rashi is a question. I said, you teach Rashi? What about Gemara? Listen to this. What about Gemara? You want to talk about dangerous? What about Gemara? Where they ask a question, and the Gemara says, Teiku. We don't have an answer. Oh my God, I'm following a religion that doesn't have an answer. What's with these rabbis? No! The greatness of our religion is that the Tanoim who could bring back a dead body and bring life to it, right? They had that power. And Ruch HaKodesh, they were big enough to say, we don't know the answer. You have to be big enough to say, we don't know the answer. Until Mashiach comes, Tishbi Yitaris, Kashif Yishailis, until Mashiach comes, we don't have the answers. How many people today are, are big enough to say that? And uh, we don't have the answers. But what, what, why weren't they scared that Rabbi that's Zechariah Wallstein when he was 15 years old and he was learning Gemara and he came to this point and it said, we don't have the answers. Oh, then I guess this whole thing's false. If they don't have the answers, maybe the whole thing's wrong. That's why they don't have the answers. Why would the Gemara say Teku? I mean, that's, you're taking a big chance. The Christians say they have the answers. The atheists say, we have the answers. And the Tanam say, we gotta wait till Mashiach. And, and what are they saying? We have to wait on Mashiach. Elamitsius is the Gemara that I taught my whole life to eighth grade, right? So in Elamitsius, it talks about things that you find. You find money that's spread out. You find fruit that's spread out. So it doesn't have a simon because it's spread out, right? So whoever finds it gets it. Right? Elamitsius shalom is what happens when you find it. Fight the Gemara. 
What does spread out mean? What does spread out mean? It says spread out. Is that two apples in two miles? Is it two apples in two feet? So the Gemara says, Kav amos. Kav is a certain weight, a certain amount, a certain amount of pounds, in eight feet, in four amos, in eight feet. Okay? So if you have, we'll just give an example, two pounds of apples that are spread out over an, a diameter of eight feet, you can keep it. Or four amos, you can keep it. Ask the Gemara, what happens if it's two kavim, right? Two times the measurement in eight amos, in 16 feet. Right? Sounds like a wise guy in class. You know? So, same proportions, but if the reason is that you're allowed to keep it because it's too much work to pick it up, the guy's not going to come back, 16 feet is even more work. But maybe he didn't come back because it's only a little amount of fruit. Or if it's double that amount of fruit, he will come back. Now the Gemara says, sounds like a, a wise guy. Well, well, what about half a calf and two feet? Now, if it's about the amount of fruit, so this is a very little bit amount of fruit, so he definitely won't come back. But if it's about the space, it's only a little bit space, he will come back. So if the Gemara, Teiko, I'm like, if these rabbis can't figure this out, like, you want me to follow this? And the answer is, we don't know, is it the weight, or is it the space? We'll wait for Mashiach. Which means that they definitely believe Mashiach's coming. Otherwise, you know, they didn't try just to answer it. They said, we'll wait for Mashiach. This is not a religion. I'm scared of questions. This is not a religion. I tell this to the girls all the time. This is not a religion that is scared to say, I don't know. There are certain things we don't know. We have to wait for Mashiach. I don't know. Who was here before Hashem? Who created Hashem? I don't know. It really doesn't matter. That's the truth. Because the king in the castle who runs my country, it doesn't matter who his grandfather is. I'm dealing with the king. I'm dealing with his grandfather. So the whole question is meaningless unless you want to make trouble. Unless you're trying to step out. Who cares? The goldfish doesn't care who, what's, what degree you got in college. Right? That goldfish just cares that you feed him every single morning and changes water every two days. It doesn't matter who your father is or your grandfather. If you're asking that question, the goldfish is asking that question, it's got a problem. Like, what do you care? You're in a goldfish, right? So, we're not even goldfish compared to Hashem. We're not even a goldfish. So why are you asking that question? What do you need? You know, I told you this little story. This girl came with me, and she's like, could you read my palm? I'll never forget it. Rabbi Gamliel is my rabbi. He's very big in Kabbalah, but he doesn't, he doesn't read palms. He writes Svarim. So this girl, okay, what am I going to do? I brought her for a bracha. She asked him. It was too late. I couldn't stop her. So he asked her. He's very nice, right? You have to be careful. He said, why do you want me to read your palm? What, what do you want me to see? She said, I heard that on your palm is lines that say what you were in last Gilgal. What you, what, who you were. So when you figure out what you are now, I'll let you know what you were last time. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. He's right! He's right! What? The guy, the philosopher, was working with all those guys. The little dipper, the big dipper, that's Saturn, that's the moon. Boom, he fell into a hole. A huge hole. So one of the guys that was his student said, I think before you look up, you need to look down. You need to know where you're going. <laughs> Thank you very much for telling about the stars. If you don't know what's underneath your feet, what are you telling me about the stars for? So, so, so what are you scared of? You're scared that a kid's going to ask a question or wants, he's not going to have the answer? Well, you'll say, the, the Tanam didn't have the answer. I don't have the answer. When Shia comes, I'll have an answer. There's a lot of questions. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer why this young girl died today. I don't have an answer. They, they can go through, I say, like, how could this happen right while i What's the answer? Who's, I'm like, I don't know. You don't have, we don't have an answer. Hashem is in the cosmos. Hashem, Hashem, weaves the world. We don't have the answers to these questions. You have to, you have to understand that you're not such a great being that you have all the answers. You're here for 80 years. God's here for, for, forever. You're for a little bit, little 80 years, you're a mosquito. You're here for 80 years. What's 80 years? What's 90 years? It's 90 years. And then when you're gone, you think anybody remembers you? No matter who you are. They cry, that's it, you're gone. Next. The king is dead, long with the queen. 
it's, you remember you, they're going to put up a, a building, or this and that, but you're not affecting anymore. So that's why it says that, that somebody said, Kanolacha, Kanolacha in the mission of Pekayavos, um, buy for yourself a friend, he says, it means far. It means write, write a safer because the safer. My, my Rebbe always Rebbe Gamliel wrote. Now he must have sixty farm, and he keeps telling me what writes farm, writes farm, writes farm, writes farm. He keeps telling to me. So I'm like, I give Shirim. He goes, no, writes farm because farm even after 120, farm are here. And every time a person learns a safer, even in the kever, the, the lips of the person that wrote it moves. So you know, farm are here forever. They are. They're here forever. But he always says that. So, so, so we, we don't have to be scared of questions. Scared of questions. Sometimes it's taken, yeah. The bigger people, the Tanams, I told this, this principle. I'm like, it's not the Tayyidika way to be scared to ask questions. Taisvis, Rishainim, Achrainim, everything that we learn, that we spend our whole life learning are questions and contradictions. And, and how many times do you talk about a contradiction? Oh, contradiction! If they're contradicting, then I guess it's not true. I'm leaving. Stiram and Ehubeu. Contradiction, straight up. Black, white. Machloikes. We're talking about machloikes. A bias is one way, rubber says another way. That's it. They can't agree. How can I agree? Like we, we, I said to this person, where are you getting this? This is not Tyra. Where are you getting this from? Our whole Tyra is full of contradictions, questions that aren't answered. That's part of learning. That's the that's the beauty of Judaism. The beauty of Judaism, I explained it to this girl, is not sitting for ten days not talking to anybody. It's talking for ten days to everybody and not talking Lashonara. So Chavetz Chaim wouldn't have made it up where they are in that cult. He wrote 40 books on Lashonara and nobody's talking to each other. How's that going to work? Right? Because that's not life. That's not life. Life is to be able to talk to each other and not talk Lashon Hara. To be able to talk to each other. I said to her, I said, this is, she's a very smart girl. She, she really did a lot of work. I said, actually, what they're teaching you, you know, I turned her totally on her head. What they're teaching you is so selfish. It's the opposite of humanity, she's like, "What are you saying?" Because they're they're selling that this is spirituality and this is how we should all be. And I'm like, if you can talk and you're not allowed to make contact, eye contact with someone else, how do you say good morning? How do you say good night? How do you say you look very nice today? How do you say thank you? Oh. So for 10 days, you don't say thank you. You're practicing not saying thank you. You're practicing not saying good morning. So it's all about you feeling your blood run through your body. I said, can I ask you something? So you felt your, you heard your, you felt your heartbeat. You hear your heartbeat. That's when in a quiet place where there's no sound, it gets so quiet that you actually, she told me that she heard her breath. She heard herself breathing. She heard her heartbeat. She heard her blood rushing through her body. She came into total, without drugs. She came into total, maybe a little bit drugs, I'm not sure. But she came into total contact with herself. The object is to become totally contact with yourself-ish. I said self-ish, because if you can't say good morning and you can't make eye contact, then you, you're you're a mushroom on the side of a tree. You're not. You have no. You have no interaction with any human being. That's not why Hashem put us in this world. So she explained to me, no, it's not really a way of life. It's a cleansing. You just do it for ten days and whatever. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying it's good or bad because this later this is also like that. You go off on your own, but it doesn't say that you can't. You know, maybe you don't. They don't talk either. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. But that's not Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit is to be able to Shalom Aleichem, good morning. How can I help you? You don't understand what I'm saying? It's, it's about interacting. It's about asking questions. It's about, it's about life. But, he said, unbelievable, the Rav. He said, but Shema, you have to learn to listen. 
and not to yourself talking all the time. You have to listen to other people, and you have to listen to Hashem's world and what it's what Hashem's world is all about. If you listen, then you'll know Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Achad, and you you have to listen sometimes to yourself to understand your potential. It's what I spoke about Tishrov I got slammed for. But um, at the end of the day, person has to listen to himself. You can do it and you can overcome anything. And people have told kids that I knew very well that they will never be able to read and they'll be able to get a degree and they'll never be able to do anything. They'll be able to pass tests and and, and, and they passed their tests and they did everything and they, all they needed was someone to give them physic. You don't have to be a therapist to give someone physic. You don't have to get a degree to give someone physic. You don't have to be a rabbi or a rabbi to give someone physic. You just have to be a friend. You just have to believe in people and you have to believe in potential and anyone can do it. You don't have to go to a special seminar, a physic seminar of how to give a person physic. That's fake. You just, you just naturally Optimism, also, yeah, you can't be a pessimist. That's optimism. Anyone can do anything at any given time. The, the Mishnah says, be very careful. Be very careful with your enemies. Why should I be careful with my enemies? Even if you're stronger than him, right? I, I think this is like a very, uh, very big chizik. It's, it's, uh, it looks like a down Mishnah, but it's really a very big chizik. The Mishnah says, don't Celebrate your enemy's downfall because every dog has his day. The mission doesn't say every dog has a day, but that's pretty much what the mission says. Because be careful, everyone has their air. Shmuel Akat and Aimer. Bin full of Yecha Al Tismach. When your enemy falls, don't be happy. Ubukoshle Al Yagel Libecha. And when he trips, don't be, don't get, don't, don't, don't let your heart get all happy. Because Hashem might see that and it'll bother Hashem, it'll be bad. And Hashem will remove his anger from the, from your enemy and he'll end up beating you. Everyone, everyone has his day. Everyone has crazy, crazy inner kaisas. Crazy, crazy inner strength. And to give someone chizik and to be his friend and to tell him, listen, I'm not, I don't, you know, I, I, I had to go to my office today. I can't even all the pain I went through in my life if you put it all in one capsule it's mama's not a year of her life what this girl went through is not normal I sat there and said I do not know your pain I am not going to sit here and tell you that that I know your pain I do not know your pain I don't even understand how you're alive I, I don't even understand I'm like you're a superstar she's, she, she's a superstar she's here on this world She's doing things and she's plugging forward. She's a superstar. I am, I am in awe. I am a bug next to you. I'm a bug. I don't, I wouldn't have made it. You made it. It's like amazing. Give people physic. I meant it. You know, when you're, when you're bluffing, they know. You don't have to be a, a specialist in any kind of therapy to do that. Anyone in this room can do that. Anyone in the world can do that. Anyone can put his hand around a guy and say, man, you can do this, man. You can do this, you know? It's, it's, uh, it's very whole. In the old old days when yeah, when Rev Watson was yeah, whatever. I watched Rocky when it came out. And it's a very different hull. It's a very, very different hull. But it you know, he was laying on the floor, he was beaten to a pulp, and this guy beat him mamish to a pulp and he gets up off the floor. And the guy who beat him, Apollo, whatever his name was, says, I, I can't believe you're standing. Do yourself a favor, because he was like, his eyes were swollen with blood, and he was just beat up to a pulp, I mean, everything. And the, the guy who beat him, right, says to him, just go down, man, just go down, because cause you're dead. You can't, you, you couldn't see. You're dead, just... just I don't have the hearts like the Ace of Horror, like where that story with the guy pushing the rock. Like, as bad as a guy as I am, like, I'm not that bad that I'm going to hit a guy that's just standing there like, you know what I mean? I just go lay down. And he looks at him in the eye and he goes, I'm not going down. You're going down. Hey! Ouch.
was like, can you do that to Yitzhara? It's like, nobody can tell you to stay down. No one in this world has a right to tell you to stay down. It's like, I'm not going down, you're going down. I was like, whoa! Okay, it's a different call, what should I tell? I'm sorry that I'm saying the story, but I remember as a kid, I was like, wow! Wow! In his worst moment, the guy's saying, you know, I didn't want to hit you anymore. You're like, there's nothing left to hit. And all of a sudden, this Mr. guy says, me? You think, you think it's over for me? No, it's over for you. Lights out. That's how you have to feel. I, I, again, you know, I get all these emails, whatever it is. You can't talk like that. You can't. It's got to come from within you if you have it. And if you don't have it, get it. And it doesn't mean I'm judging anyone that doesn't have it. It takes time. It takes time and some people can, can put it together and some people can't and, and it's a mitzvah to help those that are having a hard time to, in, whether it's in therapy or medicine or whatever you, with whatever you have to do for them is to help them get the eye of the tiger. To help them get that little sparkle in the eye when they look in the mirror for the first time in their life after everything they went through and say, I can do this. That's what Klai that's what we're going through. We, we, you know, everyone is talking about abuse and a lot of other things, and there's so many kids in a lot of pain, and they are in a lot of pain. But as a as a nation, we have gone through so much abuse, so much death, so much pain, so much torture, torture, burning at the stake, crematoriums. I mean, what hasn't Chaisel gone through? And we are living because I'm Kshayarif, because we look in the mirror and we're like, we're going to be here till the end. We have that spark. Hashem said that I'm making them, sometimes it backfires, that we have a stiff, that we have a neck of rock. I'm Kshayarif, but Hashem told Moshe Abinu when he made that, that we, we're going to need that to get through Gullahs. Because they're going to beat, the, they're going to beat us down big time. They're going to abuse us. Abuse us and abuse us and abuse us. Just very interesting. I just heard from Rabbi Matisiel Solomon. He should have Shalema. He spoke last week. My brother just told me, amazing, amazing. He said, you know, people are coming to him and saying, like, you keep hearing Mashiach, the end of Shemitah, we went to Gemara, and this, that, all the signs are here. He's not here. Like the some of the survivors of the, of the Holocaust are like, don't get so excited that everything's happening because we thought that. You know, someone told me that that when the Americans came to um, to the concentration camp to liberate them, all the Jewish people were crying. They were very, very upset. They were sure that Mashiach was going to liberate them. They were sure, as they would, you know, everyone was dying. They were talking about Mashiach, Mashiach, Mashiach. Six million Jews. This could not happen. Mashiach, Mashiach. All of a sudden, these soldiers come parachuting, coming in. They're like, "Who are these Americans? You think they'd be happy?" Right? They're like. Not Mashiach. Not David. David Melch's not here. They were broken. So they, they came to the they came to Ramatisyon. They said to him, "Signs, signs, signs. Gemara's, Gemara's, Gemara's. Remember, I don't know if you guys remember Pesach time. We did the Kiddush, Kiddush Chama, right? And, the, and there were there were riots at Kiddush Chama. It, it only comes out twice in how many centuries? What? Whatever. And right, but no, it only comes out in Pesach and at that time, and, and that was the sign of Mashiach, and everyone was waiting. I remember going out there, and didn't show up. So, like, what's the deal? He said, Even though we're waiting, we are waiting. He said, I love it. So he told these people that were a little broken, they came to him, they have sick kids or whatever they're going through, and they're like, you know, we're waiting for Mashiach, and everything's going to be better, but, but he's not coming. What's going on? So he said, This is what he said. He said, He said that, um, this guy gives this, this guy says, I, I want to give you a million dollar check, right? I'm giving you a million dollar check. And he writes out the check and he signs it to his maishid, to the tzedakah, whatever it was, or to him. And he opens the door to a room and he takes the check and he throws it into the room. In the room with thousands of checks. Sort of like Horton Hears of Who. I don't know if you know what the spec. There's thousands of checks in the room. 
So the guy starts getting crazy because his check is in there, right? No, that's not mine. That's not mine. That's not mine. That's not mine. And he starts, he has a bag and he starts putting all the checks that are not his into a bag, right? And he's like, oh my gosh, which one is it? There's hundreds of checks. And he's going through and he's going through and he's throwing it and he's throwing it and he's throwing it and he's throwing it. And he's talking very, it's, it's very painful because the minute he gets a check, he can walk out. He's a millionaire. Would he stop looking for a check? No, he's not going to stop. He's going through all these checks. He's finding a million dollars, right? And what happens, guys? What's the feeling when he's throwing all these checks? It's not his. And there's only one check left in the court of the room. And he knows that that's the check. And he's got a whole bag full of checks that aren't his. But he sees that check in the corner of the room. He knows that's his. So Rabbi Matisio to these people, he said, you're right, Chama, end of Shemitah, Spanish Inquisition, Crusades, Tubes and Migdash, all the stuff that we went through, another check, another check, and it's not Mashiach, no, not Mashiach, no. Is Mashiach? No, that one, no. Uh, Spanish Inquisition? No, that's not Mashiach, guys. Holocaust, gotta be. No. People got killed, rabbis in shul, a safe return by an Arab. That's gotta be it. No. Right. And the Shemitah just happened. It's gotta be it. No. One check after another. But even though all those weren't Mashiach, we're whittling away at the room. And there's not much checks left. So we know that those couple of checks laying on the floor, four or five, whatever they are, maybe one, we're here. He said, the more stuff we went through, the more checks got put into the bag. The less checks we have to look through. The crazy physics. So yeah, I'm not to Solomon. Anyway, yeah, there's pretty much only a few checks left in the room for sure. We're getting there. We're definitely getting there. All the Simanam are there. We're getting there. Rav Chaim is talking about it big time. Chaim's like, this year, He's like, very much this year, I know someone in Panama who arranged for me last year to do a Shabbaton in Panama. This year, he's not in Panama anymore. There's no Shabbaton. I'm like, what's going on? He went on a trip to Israel. He went to get a bracha from Rav Chaim. Rav Chaim looked at him and said, you want to be here when Mashiach comes? You need to move now. Take your kids. He said, uh, I'm a teacher, my wife's a teacher, my kids are in school, I don't speak of writ. Chaim said, you want to listen to me? You want to be here when Mashiach comes here? Pick yourself up with your kids and move to Israel. Took him a month, packed up, sold his house, he's in Israel. He's not there anymore in Panama. It's not a joke, Chaim doesn't just say that. So we have to get ready. What I say, don't be scared, be prepared. So how do you be prepared? Elo, I need day you gotta step towards me. Shema. Listen. Listen to what I'm listen to my words, listen to my Torah. listen to my to my tefillah. Listen, listen, listen to yourself. Listen to your abilities. Don't let other people tell you what you can do. You tell you yourself what you can do. Stop listening to other people. Stop listening to yourself. Don't let anyone put you down. Nobody can put you down but yourself. I always say it's called myself. Persons, when you talk about yourself, right? It's called myself. Yourself. Nobody can take yourself away. They could beat you and they can hurt you and they could make you give yourself up. But they can't take it away unless you give it up. And if you give it up, you can always take it back. That's why it's called myself. That's why it's called giving up yourself. All right, so part of preparing for Mashiach, part of um, preparing for Rosh Hashanah, is doing tshuva. We're going to learn a little bit in the next couple of minutes from some very optimistic things in the Rambam when it comes to tshuva, and there's a couple of not such optimistic things. But we're going to be real and we're going to learn through it. Because if you know what to do, you'll be able to do it. So this is what he says. Call Any mitzvah in the Torah, bein asay, bein loisase. Whether it's a to do mitzvah or a not to do mitzvah, 
Im over Adam al Achas Mehem, if you are over on any one of them, Bain Bizodan, whether you did it on purpose. Bain Bishkoga, whether you did it by accident, by accident or on purpose. Kishiyatha Chuva Yashem Echetoi, when you do Chuva and you want to, uh, do Chuva on your sin, Chayev, Lihisvadois, Lifneho El Barachu. You have to admit to confess in front of Hashem. How do you know that? It says in the Pasuk, Isha Isha Kiyasu, a man or a woman that will do a sin, they should admit, right? They should repent, they should confess what they did. This is confessing through words. The Ramam Paskins, it's an actual mitzvah in the Torah. Now, how does a person do vidui? How do you confess? Where do you confess? Do you confess in shul? Do you confess to a rabbi? How do you confess? Ketab misvad, and how does one confess? Oymer, ana Hashem. The person says, I implore you Hashem, chotasi, I have sinned. Obisi, I have transgressed. Prashadati, I have committed, right? Lefanech, lefzizikach, lekach, and I did so and so. It's the second part. And I, and I, um, I regret and I'm embarrassed what I did. I promise never to repent again. So this is the three, the three, there are four parts to tshuva. Admitting what you did wrong, okay. Feeling bad about what you did wrong, saying I'm, I'm embarrassed. And I'm never gonna do it again. And if you steal from someone, all that doesn't help. Also giving back the money. Oh man, I stole a hundred dollars from you. Oh, I feel so bad. I stole. Oh, I'll never steal another hundred dollars from you. You don't pay back the money. It don't work. Okay, so that's 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 all part of it. And anybody who profusely elaborates on those things that I just said, he is praised. Even in the Beis Hamidrash, when you brought animals for kabanos, if you didn't do tshuva with it, same thing as fasting. You fast on Yom Kippur, you fast on all these days that you fast, but you don't do tshuva with it, the fast is worthless. You just lost weight, that's what you did. Okay, now, and the same thing when they used to do Malkus or the Misas Bezdin, they always had to do tshuva with it. Of course, if you damage a property or steal money, you still you still have to pay him back, and you still have to do vidoy. Okay. Now this is I heard uh, Rabbi Stern spoke this this um, past Shabbos. This is very very fascinating what I'm about to tell you. Okay. Now listen carefully. In the times of the Beis Hamikdash, says the Rambam. The animal that they sent to Azazel, that they pushed off the mountain, right? Saul Azazel. The Pishu Kapara Al Yisrael. It was a Kapara, and all the Jews, Koin Gadol Mitzvah the Koin Gadol would say Vidoy on it, right? Soya Mishdalech Machapa Al Kol Averois Shibitaira. After they, brought, they pushed that animal off, off, um, the mountain, they were they were mechap on all the sins in the Torah. Hakalois vachamurais, whether they were easy, easy, you know, not such hard averus or very bad averus. Ben shava bezadam, ben shava bishkago. Whether you did it on purpose, you did it by accident. Ben shahidole, ben shahidole. Whether you, whether you, um, uh, what's it called? Whether you admitted to it or you didn't admit to it. Hakol mechape v'shamishdalech. Unbelievable what they had in the base of Megiddo. Everything was forgiven. Wow. Who shall say tshuva? Avalim loyal to tshuva. Ain't no sorry, mechap loyal If you didn't do tshuva when they pushed it over, right? You still, you didn't say you're sorry. Then it was only it only forgave you for the easy averus. What's the difference between, how do you know what's a big one, what's a big, not a big one? So he says, chamuras, uh, oh, if you had Mises Bezdin or Kharis. Okay. Now. What do we do? We don't have a saw here. We can't push nothing down the mountain. Tshuva is instead of that 
um, tshuva is instead of that sawyer. Afilu, Russia koyamov. Your whole life you're a Russia. Well, the tshuva b'achroina. Listen to the Rambam. Person sinned his whole life. That's why you can't get angry at the, you know people who do bad things. You can't get angry at them because you don't know the last second what they're going to do. Russia koyamov. He was a Russia. He sold drugs. You know, to people, he he did really big averus, right? In the end, he did tshuva. They will not even remind him in Shemaim of anything that he did wrong. The weakness of the evil will not cause him to stumble on the day he repents of his weakness. So the person who does really tshuva, he can, he, mamas the last second. But, but, it says, someone who's machalu Hashem's name, even if you do tshuva, even if you have Yom Kippur, even if you went through a lot of pain, you're not forgiven until you die. Achilah Hashem, even if you did all the tshuva, and you have Yom Kippur, and you have Yisurim, right? You don't get a full kapara until you die. Let's be very, very careful. Let's be very, very careful with Chil Hashem. You should get on a bus, you make sure you get up. And you make sure you don't make Chil Hashem amongst Jews. Not only about going amongst Jews. Alright, so I'm just going to say this very fast, and then I'll tell you a little bit what I want to tell you. What's a real tshuva? Zeshabal, this is very important for everyone. What's real tshuva? So it's very nice that you, you, you did an Avera and now you're doing tshuva. But really real tshuva is only if you're put in the exact same situation again and you don't do it. And he asks a fantastic question. Let's say a young guy did an Avera with a woman. And now he gets much older. And he doesn't have that Yetzirah as much as he used to. And some girl hits on him. And he doesn't, and he doesn't react to it. So he was put in the same position, right? Someone, what happened last time and he did react. This time he didn't react. But Yetzirah is saying, yeah, last time he was 19. And this time he's 60. So that's not fair. It was much easier for him to say no this time. So this is, this is a, Perik Shaney. He says the following. So, what he did last time, right, showed up again. And he could do it again. And he separates it and he doesn't do that Avera because of Tshuva. Not because he's scared and not because he's weak. A person who, who who was with a woman and he did a sin. And much later on, he's again in a room with her. And he's in love with her. And he's as strong as he was the last time. And he's in the same country. And he turns around, he walks out on her. Right? He does a Yesifat Tzadik by Yanos. He walks out on her. That is the real Baal Tshuva. Put in the same situation that he was last time, the same kayak, the same place, the same woman, the same everything. He's like, no, not this time. I, I did tshuva, I'm out. Right? Wait. That you should, you should remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the bad days come, the years draw near, when you will say, I have no desire for them. Because then you really can't do tshuva. Right? Because you don't have the same desire. No, says the Rambam. But if he only did tshuva, now he's an old man. And he doesn't have the ability to do what he did last time when he was 19. Now he doesn't have that ability, but he wants to do tshuva. But he can't really do tshuva because he's not in the same position to do the same Avera. Because now he's 90 years old. Right? Right? Even though this is not a high level 
of teshuva. Hashem accepts it, and he's about tshuva. You hear the chesed of Hashem? He can't do the avera. He's too old, right? He's too old, but he's doing tshuva when he's an old man. He's like, if I was young again, I would never have done this. I'll tell you a story with me with the, with the crackerjacks. Remind me before I end this, right now. So he did tshuva. Now avol ava kol yomav. But let's say now his days are numbered. He's an old man. He's not, he's he's dying. He's in stage four, and they're giving him two days. Everything's failing. Kidneys are failing. Lungs are failing. Liver is failing. He, that's it. Blood pressure's coming down. That's it. Right. Listen to this, boys. Listen to the rachamim of God. He does tshuva on the day of his death. and he dies doing tshuva. All his sins are forgiven. He knows he only has two days, and he's asking for mechila from Hashem for everything he did. All his sins are As long as the sun and the moon and the stars don't go out, the shavu of and the the the. Um, the, the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. It refers to the day of death. If he remembers his creator and he does tshuva, he is for getting, he is for given. You hear this rachamim that the Kershbrochu has? Okay. And we'll go on, we're going to learn it. You have to say it with your mouth, you can't just have it in your heart. He must verbally confess and state these matters which he resolved in his heart. You have to talk to Hashem. You have to talk to Hashem. You have to actually say it. Not just think it. So, it's a little bit scary. Um, in the, I don't want to get into this whole thing because it's very, very scary. Um, right before a person dies, whoever he is, it doesn't make a difference. The, the Macham of us comes. He's got millions of eyes. Whatever he is, he comes to the person and he tries to get the person the last second to say that he doesn't believe in God. Because if he could get the, if the person lived his whole life doing Torah mitzvahs, but he could get the last second of the person to say, I don't believe in God, then the person loses everything. So, here's a guy who, who the Yitzhahara, right, this is brought down in many different Kabbalistics form. The Yitzhahara invested his whole life to make you do a virus. You think after 80, 90 years of him making you do sins, he's going to let you get everything forgiven, all the work he did, should go out the door in one second because you say, Shema Yisrael, I love you Hashem, and 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 and, and, and I want to be forgiven. According to the Rambam, you're forgiven. You think he did that whole work, he's just going to let you walk out. Well, you think that you beat him because your whole life you learned Torah and did mitzvahs? You think that the last second he's not going to try to get you, that, that's his job, that's what he does. So he comes to a neshama when a person's in a coma, already pretty much leaving, and he's like, look what Hashem did to you. He took you away from your family. Look at your suffering. You're going nowhere. There's no real God. God is not MS. God is is, is evil. And he just wants the person to say anti-Hashem so that he could take the neshama. So a person has to daven, kavayasha, to daven in every tefillah that in your last second of life Hashem protects you to be makabal ol malchushemayim in the last second to say Hashem Hashem hu Elohim that's the whole reason they surround with the minion that whole business is so that the neshama should go out without denying God because at the last second if it denies God it loses everything so you have to be used to saying Hashem Elohim Ein Old Mevado to focus on the Yud Kevavke so that it becomes part of you so that when he comes that last second he comes to everyone there's no one that's free from this and when he comes the last second he says denounce God you're like me? like Rocky me? no you boom it's not easy it's not so posh it's not so posh it you have to daven 
that you should leave this world declaring, and that's what Rabbi Akiva said, that he was dreaming always of dying by saying, um, by dying in the middle of Kriya Shema. By being Mechabal Omach Shemayim. He died with a Echad out of his mouth. And that's why we say Shema with someone who's dying. That's the last thing you say with someone who's dying is Shema. So that the last thing that should come out of their mouth is Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. It's not Pashat. He's not going to, he, he knows the Rambam. He knows if you do Tshuva the last second, you're free to go. He don't want that to happen. So he will do everything. And the Kaviyasha talks a lot about this. He's like very much mavulvul you the last couple of days. The person's sick. He's not, he's disconnected. He's, he has your head going all around. You know, a lot of people say, okay, don't worry. The last second I'll do tshuva. <laughs> the last second I'll do tshuva. Nah, you'll be in a coma. You'll be whatever. I'll make sure that you don't get that chance. Yeah, that's why he says, do tshuva every single day before you go to sleep. To do tshuva for what happened that day because he's not going to give you that chance. He's very much into making you deny God. You think, I would never deny God, but when you're in that state, he plays tricks. He comes as a rabbi with a long beard. The sultan is, is the player of, of, um, I don't know if I'm to give away all these secrets, but anyway, he's the player of, of, of looking shadim and mazikim. They look like, you know, tzaddikim and rabbis and, you're like, oh wow, you know, the rabbis are telling me that there is no God, that the whole thing's false. Like, okay, he, he, he's a master of disguise, master of disguise. They're changelings. They can change into anything. So you, 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 you can be fooled. I know some very big people who were fooled and paid a very big price for it. You can be fooled. We say it in, um, We'll end a little Kabbalah tonight. We'll end with this. We say it, we say it, and you talk to say it to someone who's dying. You say it in Yoishev Tehillim Tzadik Aleph, which you say when someone's leaving the world. Elokai Eftach, by Hashem, I believe in you. When he says, the Takat of Texa should rest under your wings. Yeah. Don't be scared of the night. This is talking about when a person is leaving the world. When a person leaves the world, the, the, the shade of these mazikim who are trying to attack him, thousands should fall, should fall to the side. And tens of thousands of them should fall from the right. They shouldn't be able to, 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 to approach you. And you end So that's what it means over here. It brings down that all these thousands of these bad guys, so when the person leaves the world, they should, from the right and from the left, they should, tens of thousands on one side and thousands on the other side, they should all fall away. What? Krishna Lamita, right. Well, that's talking about them. Those are the ones you kill. That's what it's talking about. There's a lot of stuff going on, but this is Elul, and so you gotta do tshuva. So yes, he doesn't want you to do tshuva. He will do whatever he can to make sure that you don't, he'll push it off, you'll do it later, don't worry about it. You got a whole life. This is what he does. That's his kayach. So, again, so Shema, so I want to tell you my, tell you my Cracker Jack story very fast. Um, so I'm sitting in Eretz Yisrael, and, and, and Yom Kippur, I don't know, about eight years ago, I'm in Yeshiva's Eitz Chaim, I'm davening, and I don't know, I was waiting for Shimon Asrit maybe for him to start the Musaf, and I'm standing by the window, it's very hot, and I'm, I don't know where this came from, but when I was a young kid in Muncie, I had this thing, I wanted to buy Cracker Jacks, they weren't kosher. They are kosher, but they weren't kosher then, because there was no, I'm talking 55 years ago, 53 years ago, there was no Hefsha, we used to eat anything that didn't say pig in it, gelatin, if it didn't say gelatin, you ate it, right? But I knew, I wasn't allowed to eat sugar daddies, all this other stuff. I want a Cracker Jack. So, the Yitzhahari got me that. I'm going to buy the box because there's a prize in the box. I'm a little kid. 
There's a poison in the box of the Cracker Jacks. So I'm not buying for the Cracker Jacks. I'm buying for the prize. So I just bought it for the prize. So I took the prize out. I didn't like what I won. So like, I have a whole box here. Right? I was a kid. So I ate them. But I thought it wasn't kosher. I knew that I was eating something that wasn't. It was kosher. Because I don't think they changed the ingredients. But I thought it wasn't kosher. Maybe it wasn't kosher. I'm not sure, right? Okay. Why this showed up eight years ago, 50 years later, I have no idea. But I'm standing here with it's in my head. So I'm like, Hashem. If I knew then what you're all, my relationship with you would be what it is today, there is no way I would have eaten one cracker. I would never do that to you. You give me everything in the world, I wouldn't eat something that's trafe. But I am so sorry. I did not know you then. I was just a kid. So I love you. And I probably as a kid, that hurt because I had all the goodies that I wanted. And here I go buying Cracker Jacks. So I'm really sorry. I really didn't mean it. Why I had to do Chuva and Cracker Jacks? Why that showed up? I can't even tell you what. But I did it out of love. Now, you do Chuva out of love. You do Chuva out of love. So it becomes, your Avera becomes a mitzvah. So now when they're going to show Wallerstein walking into the store and buying the Cracker Jacks, they're not going to be Cracker Jacks. Because once you do Chuva Ava, you go back in time. Chuva is the ability to go back in time. That's why Chuva was created before the world was created. Chuva is one of the things created before the world was created because the world is time and Chuva is no time. There's no time. How can you go back to when you were 8 years old or 12 years old if you're 50 years later? You can't go back. Yes. Chuva gives the ability machshava to go back and actually change what happens. So now when they show the movie, I'm going to be eating a rice cake. Chocolate rice cake, making a bracha, a la michia, and a body of the Zionist, and the sultan's going to be jumping up and down. I'm the guy that was there. I made Wallace to eat it. Don't you show me no rice cake. I was there. Cracker Jacks. I even know what he paid for it. I was even in his head telling him to buy it for the prize. There ain't no prize in a rice cake. In fact, there were no rice cakes in those days. And each other was going crazy. Hashem's like, that's what it says on the movie. Because Wallstein went back and changed it. Because he did. And that's why between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, guys, the Sarasim made tshuva, why it's so important to do tshuva. Because what does it say? On Rosh Hashanah, the tzaddikim are judged for good. The Risham are judged for bad. The Bainanim are hanging in the middle until Yom Kippur. What are you talking about? On Rosh Hashanah, Hashem makes a cheshbon of how many mitzvahs and how many avegas. So even if it was exactly equal, if you do a mitzvah after Rosh Hashanah, it doesn't go on that scale. It goes on next year's scale. So so how does it help? Right? No. Here was the question he asked Rabbi Stern. He said, why do you have to do tshuva do mitzvahs? Rosh Hashanah comes. Your scale is exactly even. So the next day, put on a pair of tzitzes. Now you want the scales not even anymore. And he said, no, because the, the second after Rosh Hashanah, those numbers, it changes. It's all new numbers. Assertionally, true, it's all new numbers. He said, so, so how do you change the numbers of Rosh Hashanah not by doing a mitzvah that says made tshuva, because that's ready for next year. He says, if you do tshuva, me'ahava from love, then the averas of last year become mitzvahs, and you're not a benini anymore. That's the only way you can do it. So he says, that's why Sarasim made tshuva is so important. It's not the mitzvahs that you do in that Sarasim made tshuva, it's the tshuva that you do in that Sarasim made tshuva. But you need to know something. And this is very scary. The just like Hashem gave us a present, but everything is equal. And you have a whole thing here in Mishnah of, of, of the Rambam talking about tshuva. You can do tshuva on a mitzvah too, guys. Everybody listening, you need to know this. You can do tshuva on a mitzvah. Just like a tshuva on an Avera makes the Avera go away, a tshuva on a mitzvah makes the mitzvah go away. So if you stand there and you're like, I can't believe I gave this place money, now I lost, since I gave that place money, everything's going wrong. I wish I wouldn't have given them money. I wish I wouldn't have given this guy a ride. I wish I wouldn't have helped this person. They're an ingrate. They're, I wish I didn't do that. When you say, I wish I didn't do that, you lose the mitzvah. You can do tshuva on a mitzvah. And if you do tshuva on the mitzvah, even the last minute you do tshuva, 
you lose all your mitzvahs. And that's what the Satan tries to do. Before a person dies, and a person saying like, oh, my whole life was a waste. I don't, I don't believe in God anymore. Gone. Even though you did it. Gone. So all the positive tshuva that's in this book, and he'll have tshuva on a mitzvah, is also tshuva on an Avera chas v'sham. And how many times do we like, I wish I wouldn't have invited that person to my wedding and helped them out and lent them money. Look how, look how they treated me afterwards. You lose it all. And that's why you say in the sitter, remove the satan from in front of me and from behind me. So in front of me, I understand, he's in front of me, he's trying to do Averis. What do I care what he's doing behind me? What do I care what the satan's doing behind me? I don't care what he's doing behind me. In front of me, he's like, come on, Wallstein, let's go here, let's go there, let's look at this. Come on, the cell phone, you gotta get yourself an iPhone, a big phone. You know, you're out of messages, you know, come on. You can be on Facebook, you can talk to all the kids, and you can know what they're doing, and you can be a car of them. So he's in front of me, alright? So I gotta deal with him. But what's ma'achreinu? Ma'achreinu means the satan that makes you do tshuva on the stuff that you did already. You went to shul, and you come out and there's a parking ticket, and you're like, should I gone to shul today? You lose all your tefillah. You lose all your tefillah. You put on tefillin, and you're like, oh man, I, you know, I shouldn't have put on tefillin today, and I feel well anyway, pfft, out the door. So that's Mechmen Hashem, protect me from what I'm going to do, and also protect me not to regret what I did. May we all be protected, and my biggest bracha to everyone who's listening is Teiku. That Mashiach should come and answer all our questions. Amen. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.